So the one thing that we talk about quite a bit um, here at Loom and also uh, uh, to our customers is, you know, we, we see that consumer behavior tends to lead the path of enterprise by around two years. So what we saw with Instagram, Snapchat, where people would pull out their phones and they're pretty, um, you know, like they're social, it was socially acceptable to record yourself uh, and send a video of yourself speaking to the camera and like these bite-sized video, uh, like video recordings files. We're starting to see that trend and behavior kind of come into the workplace. And that's why we feel, you know, with video and as more companies are becoming remote and distributed, you know, synchronous calls aren't always the best answer. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster, minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Shahid Khan. He's the founder of Loom. He previously worked as an entrepreneur in residence at NFX, a venture capital firm focused on investing in networks and marketplaces. Prior to that, he was an analyst at Los Angeles-based venture capital firm Upfront Ventures. Shahid, you ready to take us to the top? Yes. All right. Very good. Yeah. So you're building Loom now, which I think a lot of people have heard of. You guys have really taken off kind of asynchronous video communication for teams. Um, What am I missing? Anything else you want to add in terms of what you do? Nope, that's that. That pretty much nails it. Um, Loom is the easiest way for people to record a quick video of themselves and share that video with the team member, uh, whether people are remote or distributed. Um, it's easier than hopping on a video conference call or sending a very lengthy email or you know screenshots with air, with arrows kind of scattered all over them. There was, I think the way I came across you is um, I buy and sell companies. And one of my little tactics to find companies to buy is to go to the Google Chrome web store, sort by productivity, look at highest users to fewest. And then if the update date by the developer was more than like a year ago, I assume it's inactive and they think it's worthless. So then I go out and try and buy. And I remember coming across you guys earlier when you had like a hundred thousand users, clearly very active though. Now you're up at, I think almost a million on Chrome. Is that your number one growth channel? Uh, so I would say our growth channel is pretty organic. If you send someone a loom video, they'll watch it. They're curious and they'll sign up. Uh, there are a couple of growth tactics that we have implemented, uh, such as once a user is done watching a video, we try and prompt them to sign up, uh, to either reply to a loom video with another loom video, but we use those different product hooks and triggers to kind of continue the, um, the growth, uh, loop. Have you actually gone deep into kind of K-factor, invite, sent, and then try and figure out how to shorten the viral coefficient cycle? 
Yeah, we we so we experimented uh, quite a bit with like a referral system where we would give say like five dollars in Loom credits for every person you'd refer back to Loom, um, and that kind of encouraged people early on, probably when we were at a hundred, two hundred thousand users, uh, to invite their coworkers because there's like inherently you know a network effect when if I invite another person from my company who's also using Loom and we share videos with each other. Um, we're kind of like incongruency when it comes to like relaying information back and forth. Um, and now it's just part of our process. So we experimented with uh, to-do lists, checklists, um, various formatting. We actually had a growth engineer at one point whose uh, job was solely to launch an experiment once a week. Um, and a lot of those experiments, those that you know exceeded, uh, we launched into production those that did not work, um, we ultimately just moved, moved Wait, forward. What was the frame? So I'm always interested in testing frameworks. Because if you believe that whoever tests the fastest today wins, and you look at Amazon, that we're probably running a billion tests right now, Facebook, same thing, then you want to understand testing frameworks. So how did you set this growth mark, You know, whatever you want to call him or her, what structure did you give them so they could get the velocity of tests as high as possible? Yeah, so we we came up with a bunch of ideas. You know, there's there's a lot of things that we can experiment around. Whether it's um, triggering someone to record a Loom video, giving them like jobs to be done, specific use cases, or if they're writing up an email, um, it's like, hey, you know, we notice that you're spending a lot of time drafting up an email. Just record a Loom video. It'll take you two minutes to you know convey your message inside Gmail. Uh, inside Gmail, yes. So we, at one point, we actually had a. Um, so anyone who had the Chrome extension was able to uh, either compose a new email with text or create a Loom recording. And then that video would natively insert uh, into the uh, the compose window. And for anyone who uh, had the Chrome extension, they'd be able to watch the video in line in the email. And for those that didn't have the Chrome extension, uh, which was obviously most of the users, or sorry, most of the recipients that are receiving the email, um, it would just be a thumbnail with the play button that they would click on and it would take them to Loom's website. Got it. Really interesting. Yeah, there's something to be said for this. I mean, I even find myself now when I get texts, I'm just busy. It's just so easy to hit the record audio button. And, and literally, even if it's only a three second audio, I'm way more likely to do that than try and like knock out a text. I mean, there's something about the like communication and moving away from even text, like video audio thing. And you're potentially in a very interesting spot to go after that. What feels like it's going to be a, a natural big market. Yeah, so the one thing that we talk about quite a bit um, here at Loom and also uh, uh, to our customers is, you know, we, we see that consumer behavior tends to lead the path of enterprise by around two years. So what we saw with Instagram, Snapchat, where people would pull out their phones and they're pretty, um, you know, like they're social, it was socially acceptable to record yourself uh, and send a video of yourself speaking to the camera and like these bite-sized video, uh, like video recordings files, um, we're starting to see that trend and behavior kind of come into the workplace. And that's why we feel, you know, with video and as more companies are becoming remote and distributed, you know, synchronous calls aren't always the best answer. Um, so sending an asynchronous quick message that takes you just two minutes, three minutes to record um, tends to be the better option. Guys, there you have it. Shahid is saying he is Snapchat, but B2B, right? That's how it works. Uh, Shahid, walk me through. Okay, so we've talked about a lot of stuff here. Um, what do you care most about right now? I assume it's just it's, I assume it's just free user growth, right? Uh, yeah, right now. So it's completely free user growth. <clears throat> we've, you know, as we've been uh, launching experiments, um, we haven't necessarily paid anything. Uh, there hasn't been any paid marketing done on our end. It's normally been like 
the community uh, has been talking about Loom. And you know, if I'm a designer at one company um, and I hang out with one of my other designer friends, I'll bring it up in conversation. So word of mouth is also very key for us. Um, so is there looking- a paid model though? Uh, so right now we've been completely bottoms up and actually as of February 19th, we just launched Loom Pro, okay, which is our okay. first premium product. Um, but Wait, Shahid, is that code for your first paid product? Correct. Okay. Yes. So it's at $10 per user per month and that basically allows you to do um, things on top of uh, the existing free products, such as if you're a salesperson and you record a video for one of your clients, um, and you're trying to you know, upgrade them, or if you're recording a video for a lead and you're trying to convert them, you can basically attach a button um, at the end of your video that'll allow them to go straight to, say, your upgrade uh, page. So there's a lot of things that we're allowing. Um, we're, we're trying to take the behavior of people recording videos and making them more tactical in nature. Um, so there is like a call to action or there is you know, analytics in terms of who watched the video, how sure. long they it and where they fell off. When did you launch the company? What year? Uh, so we launched Loom, the product itself, June of 2016. Okay. And so here's what I'm going to ask you, right? Um, people listening, are going to go, well, well, how did he have the luxury of not having to worry about you know revenue and a pricing page until now, right? He's two and a half, three years in. So what's the answer to that? I'm going to guess here you potentially raised right out of the gate because you were in EIR. Uh, yes. So I would say we started off the company, my two co-founders and I, uh, we, I mean, obviously very humble beginnings. We lived in a apartment in San Mateo. My co-founder, Joe, actually stayed in my room with me. And it was basically us just bootstrapping. In fact, we actually launched... Um, Loom used to be called OpenTest, which was a completely different idea that we spent three months building, couldn't find product market fit, pivoted into a different idea. Uh, same scenario, built a product, didn't find product market fit. And then at the very end, as we were running out of cash... Uh, we had to come up with some Hail Mary. And that's when we realized that people were actually using the Chrome extension we had built um, that was mainly targeted towards user testing. Um, people were actually recording these videos and sending updates to their coworkers with the exact same extension. So we decided to follow that path and then launch the product in June of 2016. And then in two and a half years, we went from zero to now 1.1 million registered users in about 21 on about 21,000 companies around the world. Okay. So 1.2 registered users and sorry, how many companies? Uh, 1.1 million registered users and on 21,000 companies around the world. And, and so the, the question I have to follow up with there is that number is great. It's a good, it's a good bite, but how do you measure who's active or engaged? So we look at, so we have video uh, recorders and then we also have video viewers so anyone who engages within the video platform, um, whether they're recording video, commenting on an existing video, reacting to videos with emojis, um, that's kind of like what we dictate our active users. Which is and what right also, now in terms of MAU? So we have around 200,000 monthly active users. Okay, that's pretty good on 1.2 registered. I mean, that's almost you know pushing 20%. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's not bad at all. Um, interesting. Why is now the right moment to put up a paywall? Uh, so initially when kind of going back to your initial question around like, how did we finance this and like, how did we put off, um, you know, putting up a paywall for about two and a half years, we did, you know, raise some venture financing. Um, we raised just under $14 million in total. Uh, it was a pre-seed, a seed, and then our series A was most recently led by Kleiner Perkins, uh, partner Ilya Fushman, who comes from a background, um, at, from Dropbox. And we announced that on February 19th as well. 
But initially, you know, as we started to see the momentum growing early on, we realized that this was a new behavior. So we, our initial goal was to get as much action and become ubiquitous um, as a product within a lot of these organizations. So one company, we went from 20 employees when we were raising our seed round to today, about a year and a half later, we're at just over a thousand employees from that company had naturally adopted Loom because the product is inherently viral and there are some product triggers that led people to also signing up. So a bit of a surprise for you today, and many of you know this, but some of you don't. There is a cheat code as a software startup to getting your finances right. And that cheat code is called Pilot. They do bookkeeping, tax, and give you financial expertise perfectly customized for every single founder. And it's not just automated. This is critical with accounting because sometimes we need custom stuff done, whether it's a round or an exit or a sale or just something else. So they put actual experts on your account. And I said, pilot team, please give us a great deal they have. You can check it out at nathanmaka.com forward slash pilot. They've got expertise in startups. You'll get your own personal expert. And specifically, they're giving a great discount to all of you guys that start working with them today. They integrate with the best financial tools in the business like Stripe, Square, Brex, Gusto, Bill.com, Shopify, you name it, they're there. And they give world-class support and advice. This is the kind of stuff that I use to get my monthly P&L balance sheet and cash flow statements done without hiring a full-time CFO on my team. I can get all this done for a fraction of the cost. Do it yourself at nathanlacka.com forward slash pilot. Start today. You know, we've had the tight form folks on. We've had a lot of people that have gone like from freemium to paid where they've built like a million plus base and then introduced paid. It's always interesting to me to ask the question, when you're taking your first stab at a test like this, like how do you come up with a price point and how do you decide what to put behind the paywall and what to keep in front? And so what are, how many users in the first month of this $10 paywall being live do you think will hit the paywall and what percent do you think convert? Yeah, so I mean, because we already have the existing user base um, and we've been kind of promoting uh, and you know playing with the idea of Loom Pro, we actually had a coming soon video uh, that we launched. So we're, we're hyping it up with our existing user base. And once premium or once Loom Pro had launched, um, because we're still like in the mid month, we're expecting anywhere from three to four percent of the existing user base of active users converting over to Pro, um, and then also putting in triggers where the next step for Loom is to build team accounts. Where right now everything is a very individualistic product and experience. So if I wanted to collaborate with, say, another salesperson at my company. Um, on a particular project and we're using Loom, uh, right now I have to send these individual videos and files and folders to them. So if, if I can just get my entire team onto Loom um, to create, again, like that network effect, uh, that's kind of like what we're striving for with team accounts that will ultimately also be a big uh, revenue player for us. 200,000 active users, they engage with the video, at least one video, view it, whatever, send a video each month. 3% of those converted when you put the paywall up, that's 6,000 at 10 bucks a pop. So 60,000 bucks there in terms of monthly recurring revenue, you think is going to happen how quickly? Um, I would say roughly out the gate. So that's because okay. that's okay. existing users. That's like immediate conversions. Yep. And that's, yep. that's more on like, I mean, I'm putting, I'm pulling that number from uh, like a financial model that we put together. So the numbers are a little bit more on the conservative side, but I do think um, we, you know, as a company and as, as a community, uh, we, we definitely will do better. Yep. Yep. No, that's great. And then, um, 
you mentioned a little bit getting in like the team space. That's then starting to push up to some companies that have raised a crap ton. And you're talking like the Mondays of the world, this kind of space. Why kind of get into that? I mean, is there not an opportunity to just like be the video that like the video thing back and forth and just API or, or add to the app exchanges of these kinds of tools or actually going to go build a team and kind of project management tool? Yeah, I would say there's there's a lot of avenues we can go down. Um, the one that's been the most fascinating, I mean, we've gotten a lot of inbound from a lot of, you know, like you said, the Mondays of the world um, that have reached out to us saying, hey, you know, we want to take Loom and build it inside of our product using your API. Did they offer to acquire you? What's that? Did Roy offer to acquire you? Uh, did Roy? The, the founder of Monday. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Um. No, but like, I mean, there's companies similar to Monday that have reached out, um, some who've tried to acquire, you know, for the sole purpose of like, you know, this, uh, like basically what we're doing um, on the asynchronous video side. But for us, what's most fascinating right now is seeing how a lot of the uh, knowledge worker behavior is going from more, you know, text-based to uh, in live video conferencing to an asynchronous format. And people, because, you know, like we said and talked about, are more comfortable broadcasting themselves. Um, we're starting to see that trend, and we want to be the leaders of that trend. And we currently are, you know, riding that wave, which is why now it's like the best time to be working on um, working on Loom for us. What's the team size today? How many people? Sixteen. One six. Everyone in San Fran? Uh, no. So we are actually um, due to the product, you know, due to us being like a remote friendly and distributed friendly product. Uh, we are a remote first company. So half of our team is scattered uh, kind of across Europe and in Canada. Um, and we actually have our DevOps engineer based in Omaha, Nebraska. And what if, that's funny, what if uh, you said you, you're just now announcing a raise, um, how much is the raise that you just closed? Uh, 11 million. Okay, so you've had, you basically have 3 million in the company up to date before then? Correct, yeah. Okay, how much of that 3 million would you say went towards driving the growth of the 1.2 million users or was most of the 3 million towards salaries over the past two, three years? It's it's definitely uh, I would say it's definitely like uh, people budget so okay. like the just like headcount and things like that. Um, whereas I would say most of it was investing into people and also investing into product. So let me ask you a question, and I don't know that you're going to answer this, but I'm hoping you can still be help us learn something here. Um, most B two B SaaS companies, which I wouldn't put you in this category yet, because your 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 economics are more like a consumer app right now. But most consumer apps that hit a million bucks, a million users are actually not valued that highly. You got to get to like ten million, right, or like fifteen or twenty million before you really start getting good valuation. So, in the in the meetings with VCs that you just recently had when you closed the eleven, how did you frame it to make sure you didn't get push down on valuation being compared to consumer apps, but try and paint the picture of your B2B SaaS. Yeah, I think I think a big part of that is showing, like looking into the data and the cohorts of how engaged a lot of the um, users are and like what are the jobs to be done and like desired outcomes that they're performing with Loom that they, you know, couldn't have done prior to Loom being um, a product. So I think if you look at the specific behaviors and seeing how Loom is adopted, um, say from like an individual contributor all the way up into uh, all the way up to an executive, and then an executive records a video summarizing, say like a quarterly update, and send that to his entire marketing team, um, and then you have like this trickle effect where like now the entire marketing team is signing up because they see their manager, their boss uh, using the product as well. So. 
I would say like looking at those behaviors that we start to see in a lot of these companies with Loom um, was one of the bigger selling points. And that's kind of what's going to allow us to, um, you know, see how Loom evolves. Just to be clear, that is what allowed you to get more of a B2B SaaS valuation. I would say, I, I would say, it was a it was a big part of it. Yeah, I mean, because most I mean, look, if you raised eleven, and I'm doing very much back of the napkin here, but if you're only selling twenty percent of the company right at eleven million, that means pre money valuation is whatever it is, forty, fifty million pre money, right? On basically a, a million kind of a million two registered, two hundred thousand active, and and hopefully what becomes a strong B two B SaaS revenue stream, almost like an asynchronous version of Zoom, right? Um, which is interesting. Um, Eric is potentially about to go public. Uh, would you sell to Zoom? Um, I, I love Eric. He's a very nice guy. Um, we have like conversations about selling the company have not been a topic here. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. say everyone is generally excited about like the opportunity that's ahead of us. And I think we're pretty, we're, you know, we're, we're in, we have a, we have a very clear path to get there. Last question before we wrap up with the famous five in terms of going out to raise 11, you just did, did you get the company to break even before then? So you had the most leverage or were you still burning? Uh, so we, I mean, like from a financial perspective, we were still burning because we were completely bottoms up and we just launched our premium tier. So it was more so looking at, you know, from a cost perspective. Uh, so there are a couple things that went into place. We did patent like the way we do our upload and like how we save cost being a video company. So that was one thing, you know, investors looked at, like, can this scale say if we're 15, sure. 20 million users tomorrow? Um, and then one of my like my co-founder Vinay, who is our CTO, also has a background in video. Um, and his previous company, he worked at and led uh, an engineering team at a company called Up There that was acquired. Um, and that was you know uh, basically taking on Dropbox and for storage. Specifically. So sorry, just I, go back to my original question. What I'm trying to understand is how mu- how much time did you give yourself in terms of runway before you started raising the 11, you just closed. So if you were burning hundred grand a month and you had 600K in the, in the bank still, you give yourself a six month kind of time frame to raise. What, what time frame did you give yourself to raise? Yeah, so I would say we had about, um, we had about eight months of burn oh, when plenty. we started. Yeah, when we started to think about our series A. And then the process itself, like going from initial meetings to term sheet, took about two weeks. Uh, that was mainly because we were building relationships um, from our C to our A. Uh, so it made it a lot easier for us to go in and have some of these in, uh, initial conversations. Yep. And in terms of burn, I mean, can you share generally what you're at? Are we talking like 100 grand a month net burn or more? Um, I would say uh, above 100 grand. So 16 people, half remote, half here. Uh, in San Francisco, I would end up also being a video company. I should have uh, guessed a little higher. You're in San Fran. We can we put a cap on that and say between 100 and 500k. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Good. I won't push you more there. Good stuff. All right. Let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one. What's your favorite business book? Favorite business book. Um, it's not necessarily business, but it's growth related, and it's I would say it's something that we handed to all of our um, employees here at Loom and actually did a book club around. Um, is uh, near Eyal's book hooked? Uh, hooked. hooked. Yes, it's it's actually it's a big driver of how we thought about growth, and then also um, Brian Balfour. It's not a book; he's a person. He's also been a big advocate, and like has kind of helped uh, guide us in terms of how to think about um, user behavior and user Great. triggers as it relates to chronic lead growth. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um. I am. I mean, I'm following Naval pretty pretty closely. Um, Angelus, yes, yeah. uh, big fan of Naval. Um, I love how he thinks and how he 
communicates and um, articulates his thoughts uh, around business, around um, everyday life, work-life balance. Good. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the company besides Loom? Notion. Notion. Yep. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Around seven. And situation, married, single kids? Single. Not married, no kiddos? Nope. All right. And last question, uh, or sorry, not last question. How old are you? 23. Okay. Now last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Um, so 20 year old self, basically where I was before I started the company, um, that being a founder is very, very tough and you only understand how tough it is once you just jump in into the deep end. Guys, there you have it. This is how you know Shahid just closed around to funding as he grew his beard out to look older. He probably got a couple points on the valuation just from that alone. Shahid, again, launched Loom with his co-founders back, uh, call it three years ago in 2016. They've been pre-revenue to date, but they've gotten 1.2 million users and 200 of a thousand of which are actively using the product. They're launching a $10 per month price point now. It's live today, hoping for 3% of the 200,000 registered users to convert at 10 bucks a month. So call it 60 grand a month there in revenue. Revenue fairly quickly. We'll see what happens. They've raised 14 million bucks to date. Team of 16, all remote, burning between 100 and 500 grand a month as they uh, as they did that last raise. Shahid, thanks so much for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan.